0: Hi, this is Casey with Close to the Bones. Um, I know it's been a little while since I post um, posted or recorded or anything. It's been strange living in quarantine and social distancing and been trying really hard to not let that get to me, but I have anxiety and depression. And I don't know what it is about how things are happening, how the world is going, how everything is all up in the air lately, that it's been hard. And I'm going to try to make more of an effort now that I guess my state is now opening, um, opened up a couple of days ago, and I want to be more mindful of. The interactions that I have coming out of social distancing and quarantine and everything else. And it just has been a strange time where I haven't had a lot of inspiration. Uh, It's just been weird, you know. Um, I'm sure a lot of you can understand that. And if you can't, then that's cool too. But I am needing to say a few things. And I figured the podcast is the best way for me to do that. I, uh, was, I'm in a few groups on Facebook, quite a few. Um, and one of them, um, was about leaving care during pregnancy. And, um, a lot of the people were talking about how they switched providers later in pregnancy, how they, uh, went from one practice to another, how, um, they went from a practice to unassisted pregnancy and unassisted birth. And the person that was asking the question asked uh, how we knew it was the right choice. And I've never really thought about it before. So I figure in this podcast, I'll uh, talk a bit about like my thoughts on why I left care in my oh my goodness, ninth pregnancy um, and proceeded to do my own care. So to tell that I have to kind of go a little bit back um, in this, I've talked a little bit about how I've had numerous losses. Um, in one of the episodes, I've talked through the hardest loss that I had, the one at 14 weeks when I was in the ER and how that destroyed me in more ways than, um, just having my baby die. And you can go back and listen to that. I'm not going to rehash that all. Uh, that was my fourth loss. Uh, I had three before then at around five, six weeks. And then after Tyrion, after that fourth loss, I had three more. Um, two of them were at four weeks. I, got a positive, start, start, uh, started bleeding. Um, and all of this, all of these losses took place, um, from 2008 to uh, 2011, May of 2011 was the last one. Um, and then, uh, we didn't get pregnant for a while after that one. Um, I thought I might've been pregnant in the fall, but I ended up not. Uh, I did go to the doctor after, I think it was after Tyrion, a few months later when I thought I was pregnant again, and he ran a whole bunch of labs for me, which I was very grateful for, Uh, but they pointed to nothing. I have no clotting issues. I have, uh, my thyroid was great, and he ran a full thyroid panel, not just like the bare bones that a lot of thyroid panels are on as. Um, my thyroid was great. My vitamin D was great. Um, I got my MTHFR results, uh, which I already knew that I had a mutation. Um, like so many, oh my gosh, I think he ran like 30 tests. I I gave like eight, nine vials of blood just that one day um, just so that they could run all those tests. And I asked if I could get an HSG. So they inject the uterus with dye and then they see if there's any blockages or malformations or anything, but I didn't have insurance and they didn't want to order a thousand dollar test if I didn't have insurance as if I wouldn't pay. Uh, So that was a whole other level of annoyance to me, but um, I digress. So after all of that, um, oh my gosh, that wasn't my last loss in the May. I remember now. Okay. There was one more. Um, he was in January of 2012. I found out I was pregnant on New Year's Eve. And I was so excited because that was my best friend's birthday. Um, and I thought that that was like a sign that things would be good. And it was like the darkest positive I've ever gotten. I was 14 days after ovulation. I was kind of insane about tracking my cycles I didn't use temps temperatures after a while because I got really good at um, tracking without it, and I didn't sleep well anyway. Um, at this time, I was still apprenticing um, and assisting with a midwife, so we never knew if my or I never knew if my sleep was off. Um, and also, my oldest child was not a sleeper, so and neither was I. I'm still not a great sleeper, so I didn't trust my temps and things like that. So. Um, I used every other sign and I always got my ovulation spot on. So I was 14 days after ovulation with him and got a beautiful, strong, positive. Everything was great. Um, I was so excited. I started bleeding at five weeks, one day, just spotting, but it was bright red, you know, the thing that always happened to me. And I talked to a few people and I started taking some things to see if maybe it would help. Uh, at six weeks, five days, I went into labor and he was born. So I have that story written on a blog, which is kind of cool. It's a very empowered miscarriage, which I needed in my life. So after I I lost, um, that baby, his name's Teclis. After he was born, I talked to Blake and I knew I could not keep doing this. Like I wanted another baby so badly, but I could not keep putting myself and my family through this over and over and over again. We'd lost seven. Like the odds of having a successful pregnancy after that many are incredibly low. And so we made an end date. Um, Our oldest was going to be turning five in July. And I didn't want to have her entire life be clouded by the fact that her mom couldn't stay pregnant. And so we um, said that if we weren't pregnant by September, when Techless's due date would come around, then we would be done. We would, I would get back on birth control or he would do something or something like that that we would not be trying to have a baby anymore. And not like the not trying, not preventing, we would be fully preventing a pregnancy. So I didn't think much of it. Um, In February, I got my period. And it just sucked. It wrecks me quite a bit. Um, And at this same time, my best friend and my sister-in-law were also pregnant. So I was like, oh, I'm so excited. And my best friend and I went through infertility together. Um, My sister-in-law had a bit of infertility as well. And so when they both got pregnant in September, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. If I get pregnant, then it's meant to be the three of us all together having a baby. And when I did get pregnant and then lost the baby, I fell into a lot of anger. Anger is my main grief emotion. Um, I lived there for quite a few years. And so it was a whole other level um, of anger. I was angry at those unborn babies. I was angry that my daughter wouldn't get siblings while everybody else was getting siblings. And they were younger than her. She was turning five. She was over, she was almost five and she was much older than the others that were getting siblings. And, um, it tore me up. I was not okay. So when that period came, it all just kind of happened. Um, my next period ended up being late and I could not test. I couldn't go out and buy one. And I'm never late, my period is either early or right on time, even now. And so when all that happened, I could not face another positive test. I just, I did not have it in me to think that things would work out. I I was out of hope, I was out of everything. And we have a local loss group here um, called Share. And I was working with them or I wasn't working with them yet. We were still talking and I knew the lady that was starting it and um, we were friends and so there were lots of aspects of this but um, we had our monthly meeting and I was 16 days after ovulation. This was the latest I've ever tested and I needed to know before I went to this meeting, I needed to know if I was gonna be okay um if it was negative i think it would have been a load off i think i would have been more okay than with the positive that instantly showed up um and i i told everyone i told um i told my best friend and i told my husband and when i went to the meeting that night i told everyone and i then spent the next 40 minutes Talking about how I was jealous of all these other babies and I hated them, and I scared away quite a few uh, people with my anger that day. But I had no other emotions, I was just angry, and I wish that I had had other emotions, but that it it wasn't a thing at that point. I was pregnant and terrified, so I was a little over four weeks pregnant. At five weeks, one day, I started spotting. Like, I don't know what it is about my body, but at that day, that is when everything happens. So as soon as that happened, I called my preceptor and I asked if I could take old progesterone pills that I had still had from a couple years before from Tyrion's pregnancy. She's like, uh, I'm not sure. And so that is when I called the certified nurse midwife that I had had with Blade, And I got in with her and uh, she le- she did some labs. Um, she did my progesterone, she did my ACG, um, all of those things to make sure I was actually pregnant. Um, she did a pelvic exam, which, ugh, that still annoys me, told me that it was old blood that was still coming out of my cervix and that I had a 50% chance of keeping the pregnancy like, oh, thanks. That's so kind of you. Um, got the results back. And um, she told me that she could not be my midwife because I had an unproven pelvis because I had a C-section and no vaginal births. And so um, she ordered progesterone suppositories from our local... Uh, Oh my goodness. They, uh, compounding pharmacy. That's what it is. Um, that they had to be made. And so I switched over to a family practice, um, which now they're not allowed to do OBGYN stuff, which is stupid. So they can't, um, help pregnant women anymore with their pregnancies and births. But back then they could. And when that happened, I, I switched over, I told him everything. Um, he gave me a ultrasound at six weeks, one day. Um, we saw a sack and a fetal pole, but or no, we saw a sack and a yolk sack at that one. His machine was super old. Um, and even though it was a vaginal ultrasound, it didn't show a whole lot. And he's like, maybe it's still early. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like 100% positive on my dates, but whatever. Um, and so he did that and he's like, well, it could mean this, it could mean that he didn't really give me a whole lot of answers. Um, and then he's like, but if, because you've had so many miscarriages in a row, um, there's a good doctor in St. George that is kind of more high risk. Um, he's not a maternal fetal medicine, but he does deal with more high risk cases. And I was like, oh, okay. So I got an appointment with him. Uh, For a week later, I drove down to St. George and my best friend was with me. Thank goodness. Because I don't know if I would have been able to do it by myself. I I know I could have, but I'd rather not with all of this. Um, I went at seven weeks one day, which was the farthest I had ever been since Tyrion. uh, Which was a whole other level of terrifying. And um, an ultrasound tech did the ultrasound. Um, And then she's like, oh, yep. And your baby's all on the one side of your heart-shaped uterus. And I was like, oh, what now? And she's like, yeah, your heart-shaped uterus. And she showed me my uterus on the screen. And I was like, what in the heck is happening? So I was kind of in a state of shock. Uh, We heard the heartbeat. I recorded it so that my husband could hear. I got some pictures, you know. And then we waited in the office for the OB. And he comes in. He's like, Yeah, everything looks great. Your baby's all on one side. Everything is good. And I was like, Okay, so you need to go back. What do you mean my baby is all on one side of my heart-shaped uterus? He's like, You didn't know? I said, No, I didn't know. Um and he says, Oh, okay. So he shows me the ultrasound picture and he shows me everything. And he's like, Yeah, when we see babies that are all curled up on one side like this, it's uh a, a bicornet uterus, it's a heart-shaped uterus. And I was like, how come no one found this before? And he's like, you had a C-section, right? And I was like, yeah. And he says, they should have found it then. And I'm like, but they didn't. He says, yeah, that's a little weird. Then he proceeds to tell me that in a heart-shaped uterus, um, it normally is you lose a whole lot of babies or a few, and then you get pregnant, and then everything is fine after that. You don't have any other issues. He's like, it's a little weird that you had a completely normal pregnancy aside from your baby being breached the first time. And I was like, yeah, so like, what does this mean? He's like, I don't even know. But I wonder if your babies have just not been implanting in the right place or they're on the wrong side. And I was like, huh, interesting. So um, he gave me a prescription for Zofran, which oh, I was so grateful for. Um, I only took that as a rescue medication when I really, really, really could not Keep anything down. And so it was only a few times in pregnancy, but I felt better having it. Um, And then he also lowered my dose of progesterone. I was on 400 milligrams a day. And he's like, Why are you on something so high? And I was like, I don't know. So he lowered it to 100 and he told me to take a few days to slowly taper myself down, which I was grateful for because I was putting in suppositories in my vagina so much that like I was getting rashes and horrible things from, um, the, uh, oh my heavens, uh, panty liners that I'd have to wear because it was so gross and gooey and pregnancy is gooey anyway, but this was a whole other level. And so, um, I did that. I scheduled an appointment for a month out with him And went home and was happy for a little bit. Like the bleeding kept happening. um, But I felt more and more pregnant. I was so sick and I uh, was exhausted and all sorts of other things. And so um, I just kind of lived my life for that next month. Hopeful that everything would be fine. Um, And so... When I went back down at 11 weeks, um, a different friend came with me that time. Um, and she recorded a video of the baby and it was the ultrasound and everything else. Cause he wanted to just make sure everything was okay with my history. We talked for a bit. He told me that I could start tapering down and getting off my progesterone, which scared the crap out of me. Um, but that everything else was good. And so I left and I told them that I would call and schedule another appointment because I wasn't sure my schedule Um, and then went home. So it took a couple weeks for me to be comfortable enough lowering my progesterone to do that. Um, And I was fully off of it by about 14 weeks um, when I felt okay with doing that. And at that point, I realized that why was I going to a doctor anymore? Um, I had Zofran in case that happened. I had my pregnancy insurance. I could go if I needed to, um, but I didn't feel like it was something I needed to do. And it kind of surprised me. Um, I am a person that cows to or bows, whatever, to authority. I really struggle if someone is in a position of authority and I'm not. Um, I have a hard time standing up to them. It's, you know, my life. I can do it for other people, but doing it for myself is really hard. And I was thinking, I'm like, okay, so everything is fine with my baby. Um, I'm not on progesterone anymore. My bleeding had let up by... I think it was 13 or 14 weeks in that pregnancy and it didn't happen again. And so I was like, okay, so why am I going to an OB when I really don't need to, I'm going to be having a home birth. Um, and more than likely I'm going to have an unassisted birth because that's what I feel like I need to do this pregnancy. Um, but why am I going to a doctor? So I never called and rescheduled an appointment. They called me a couple times. Um, I took the coward's way out and didn't answer. But, um, I never felt like it was a bad decision. I never felt like this wasn't what this pregnancy needed for me to do. Um, it made it so I had to rely on myself a lot more than if, um, it, I was working with a provider and I think that's what I needed after so many losses. I needed to believe that my body could do this, especially coming into a VBAC, um, especially never having labored before with a term baby, or only grown one term baby, which was early term. So I'm like, I need to know that I can do this. I have been studying birth for four years at this point, and apprenticing for almost three, and I needed to be able to do this. So I decided that I wasn't going back. And I talked to my husband about it. And I was like, would you be okay if I didn't? And he's like, it's your call. I trust you with how you're doing this. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, what about if we don't get the anatomy scan? And he's like, I trust you. It's your call. I was like, all right. We don't find out the sex of our babies anyway. And we haven't done that with any of them um, until after birth. And so I felt completely comfortable not having an anatomy scan in that pregnancy. So my last anything was at 11 weeks in pregnancy. Um, well that is until 27 weeks. So, um, I always, I I have hyperemesis, which is extreme, extreme, extreme sickness in pregnancy. Um, if I only puke like five times a day, that is a very good day and nausea all the time. I ended up in that pregnancy taking Unison at night, which helped a lot. Um, but my daughter didn't sleep. And so not sleeping was a big trigger for me in that pregnancy. If I did not get rest, then I could not like function without being sick the next day. Um, but at 26, 27 weeks, I can't remember the exact date I got sick. I got a stomach bug. Um, and when I am pregnant, if I get a stomach bug, it, it gets bad really quickly. Um, constant throwing up and when there's nothing else it's dry heaving and that goes on 24 48 hours where I cannot keep even a sip of water down it's it's bad um which then causes contractions Um, and these ones started to get painful and I panicked a little bit because this was not normal. And I was only 26, uh, 27 weeks pregnant. And I was not okay with this baby being born because I knew that the only reason my body was doing this is because it was dehydrated. So, um, I had a friend take me to labor and delivery and I got there. Um, and they asked me what was going on. I was like, okay, I am incredibly dehydrated. I'm having contractions and I need you guys to stop it. And they got all pissy with me because I didn't have a doctor. But at that point, I knew that this baby needed to stay inside. And so I was like, no, you're going to get me IV fluids. Um, you can draw your labs. You can put a monitor on. I, I don't care. But I need these fluids. So they ended up getting them for me. I ended up needing four bags, uh, which was intense. Um, and they also gave me IV Zelfran. Cause I could not stop dry heaving. It didn't matter what was happening and they wanted me to be able to feel better. So they gave me that and they gave me a couple other things. I don't even remember. I know there's no friend on the IV fluids. Um, and so when they, um, finished up the fourth bag, I felt human again and it was wonderful. Um, they told me to follow up with my doctor, but I was like, uh, yeah, I'll do that. And then I just went home and I didn't worry about it after that. Um, I ended up having contractions for about five days after this was labor day weekend. Um, we went up to my grandmother's house that used to be our tradition on labor day weekend was go to my grandma's house and go to the fair. And, um, it was also, uh, my niece's baby blessing that weekend. So we had lots of things to do that day. Um, so we went up and, I contracted constantly and it was so painful. They hurt so badly. Um, and finally they started to taper off before we came home. Um, the funny thing about all of this labor stuff, apparently my body really likes when things go into labor because then I just start lactating. Um, I'm not sure if I talked about it, but I did my milk came in after Tyrion at just 14 weeks um, pregnant after he was born. And I was able to, pump and donate fifteen ounce, fifteen hundred ounces, which isn't like a whole lot, but after all of that, I did that in about two months um after him. And so it was not a surprise that my milk came in or like let down started happening um after the false labor stuff that happened with her. Uh but we were at the parade, Labor Day Parade. And every single time a siren would go off, so cop, firefighter, any of it, I would let down. My shirt ended up being completely soaked by the end of this parade. And I had these like huge stains on the front because, you know, milk. And I didn't have pads on because I'm not nursing anything. Why would I need to do that? So I ended up walking around the rest of the day with that, which was really fun. You know, it's good for my self-esteem. But um, looking back, it was hilarious that the crying babies at the parade did not do anything for me, but the sirens—that's what did it, and it just still is really funny to me. Um, so as things progressed and as things kept going, you know, and um, the pregnancy got weirder and weirder. At thirty-six weeks, I had a um, massive prodromal labor, false start thing. Um. It went on for three days, three days of contractions that were two to four minutes apart and one to one and a half minutes long, um, increasing in intensity. I had bloody show. I had all of this stuff. And then eventually they stopped after I invited the birth team over and we spent a sleepless night hanging out. Um, but it did stop, which was good because I was terrified to have a baby before 37 weeks. Um, with what happened with my daughter. So, um, and when I say birth team, uh, my ex sister-in-law, my best friend and my other friend, they were all the team here. So, um, it was an interesting night, um, ended up going away and I did still have for labor from then on it would start and I'd be like, Oh, maybe this is it. And then like 18 hours later it would stop and then it would start again. So I, at that point I was just like, okay. Eventually a baby's going to fall out and that'll be fine. Or eventually this will change and I'll know what's the real thing. So it was a lot of internal struggle in that time. And I think a big part of it was being terrified to have a baby. Um, Because all of a sudden I'm doing this without a, without a midwife, without a doctor, without anything except my own knowledge, my own intuition. But also I'd never done this before. And then this is my rainbow baby. This is after seven losses. What if something goes wrong? Well, like, what if, what if this it, it's on me? What if something is wrong with me and why I can't do this? So, um, eventually, um, I did go into labor. I went into labor at 39 weeks, six days based on a uh, conception, um, which was a day before I thought it was three days after Thanksgiving. It's kind of cool. Um, I went into labor at 4 a.m. Um, I woke up. I had sex the night before and woke up around 2 a.m. with contractions that I couldn't sleep through, but I was able to stay in bed and sleep between them until about 4 when I got up to watch Doctor Who. Um, I labored until about 9, uh, feeling that things were different. Um, I was having more pain in my back and things like that. Um, and I called, I told everyone, hey, baby's coming. Come on up. Um, they came up, we had McDonald's for breakfast cause it was right down the street. Um, they all did my dishes. I labored in the pool, out of the pool, against the chair, against the counter on the toilet in my room. Like it was a lot of moving around and a lot of don't talk to me. Don't touch me. Don't, don't do all of this. But, um, at, I, at sometime after lunchtime, sometime afternoon, um, We, my husband got burgers for everybody and I ate a burger. And as soon as I finished it, a massive contraction hit me. That was huge, just so different. And, um, I don't remember a whole lot from that next hour. I, my, um, friends are all like, yeah, you kind of were like looking at everyone. Like you didn't know what to do and you were panicking, but in my brain, I don't remember panicking, but maybe that's because I think better of myself. I don't know. Um, and so Eventually at 2.59, I started pushing at 3.01, my water broke and at 3.20, she was born. Um, I have the video on YouTube. It's kind of cool. Um, maybe I'll put it in the show notes here or something. Uh, but it was amazing. Um, and even though it didn't give me a whole lot of things back, it put a little bit of trust back in my body that I could have a baby, the baby could live, my uterus could labor and not hemorrhage because that was another thing that OB told me. And I did a lot of research on bicornet uteruses and what happens in labor and, um, all of that stuff, and no one really has a whole lot of information. I think that's the most annoying part. Um, they have a lot of ideas of what it could mean, um, like hemorrhaging, all bicornate uteruses are prone to hemorrhage, um, or babies that are growing in a bicornate uterus will always be premature and small. Um, the only one that actually has any weight that I found is a lot of bicornate uteruses, um, have breech babies and that makes perfect sense because they get stuck in a position depending on how big the septum, the um, middle of the uterus is. So I was like, all right, that makes sense. So I went to the chiropractor early and often. Cause I was like, I could have a breech baby and I researched it and I knew I could, but I'd rather not. So I ended up having a head down baby girl. Um, but I think that's like one of the most amazing things that happened in that pregnancy was realizing that I did not need someone else to tell me that I was okay. Looking back, it would have been really nice to have had like an elder midwife figure that just exuded calm to be there for me to have that relationship with, Uh, but I didn't need it. It would just have been Comforting. It would have been really nice to just have someone that could sit somewhere else and just exude calm and confidence and um, not worry. That would have been really awesome. But I also didn't need it. So, um, in all of this, I guess the biggest thing I learned is that following your intuition is one of the most important things you can do in pregnancy, but also that you can do it even if you're scared because, no lie, I was never more terrified in my life. The In every second of pregnancy, I would feel nauseous or I would have cramps and instantly my brain would go to, my baby's dying and there's nothing I can do about it. And I think the only thing that really made that better was giving birth to her like and I had the whole anxiety stuff after she was born like oh good now she's out of my body and I can't protect her but at the same time it was a different kind of fear because I'm oh well then at least it's outside influence and it's not my fault so there was a lot of levels to this um but every single second of every day I was terrified that she would die. And I think that the reason that she wanted me to have an unassisted pregnancy, because in my core, I believe she is the reason that I chose that. She is the one that didn't want any of the testing. She's the one that didn't want the ultrasound. She's the one that didn't want someone else telling me what to do because she wanted to be the one to do that. Because if you knew my child, you would understand that girl is a tenacious ball of fire. Um, But I think that she knew that I needed to completely walk through the fire on this to come out the other side. If I had given up even an ounce of my power while I was pregnant with her, there is no way that I would have been able to parent this child. She tests me and tested me and everything else. Um, She still does. And she's almost eight. But she knew... That I needed to know that no matter what happened, I truly had a choice and I was in charge. I had the inner strength to be able to decide to do this on my own and to actually do it on my own without worry that someone else was going to tell me something or anything else. She knew that I needed that for the rest of my life. And it's come in handy. Like with my next pregnancy, um, his was very different. Um, I stayed in care until after the anatomy scan. Um, I felt like he needed one. Um, And so he had an anatomy scan done. And then I went back at 27 weeks when my heart started doing weird palpitations and I ended up having some more testing and things, but I had that door open um, because I felt that his pregnancy needed that. And I had that OB, you know, just in case until after 28 weeks. Um, But with her, it was just a very, very different thing. She is a very different child. And without her, I don't think that I would have been able to open up my practice last year. I don't think that I would be able to be the midwife that I am right now. Because she made me rely solely on what I knew and what I felt. And that is the most important lesson that I've ever received in my life. And as I say all of this stuff, the thing that is crazy to me is I've never once thought of any of this before. Like, this is all coming to me as I'm speaking it, and it just feels so intrinsically true. It's, more than intuition, more than hope. It's more than trust. There's so many different layers of stuff that she gave me. And I'm eternally grateful that she had me make that choice and that I trusted my intuition on that, that I trusted that feeling that I had, that I didn't need to go to the doctor. I'm so glad That I trusted that my body would know what to do, even though I was terrified that it wouldn't know what to do. Um, But in the end, I think that's all that we can do is that we can make that choice, um, hear that voice, and then do the next right thing. Yes, I'm quoting Frozen 2. That's like one of the best songs in that. I mean, I like the other ones more, but that one, that one definitely hits everything. So, um, yeah. If you are on this path and you're wondering if you can do it, if you're wondering if your body can do this, if you feel that call to change your plan, if you feel that call to have your baby at home, um, if you feel that call to see a midwife, if you have that call to um, like figure out what you wanted to do in your life, then I think it's incredibly important for you to listen to that because you don't know what um lesson you're gonna give or you're or you're gonna get from all of that in your life. And I think it's important that when things are scary, especially when they're scary, honestly, oh, this road's closed. Um, especially when they're scary. I think it's incredibly important that we listen because fear is an incredible motivator. But at the same time, if there's nothing to fear, then there's also nothing to gain. And I truly, truly believe that pregnancy and birth are some of the most profound experiences we can have in our lives. And this isn't to say that um, if you choose to be childless, you're going to be missing out on something because I don't think that's true. Um, But I Believe that if this is something that you want in your life, it can change you. And following that inner fear can be one of the best choices that you could ever make. Because in the end, it's your choice. You have the choice to do what you feel you're being called to do, regardless of what other people are telling you to do. So that's my um, spiel for today. Hope you uh, enjoyed that. Um, I, um, I <laughs> um, During all of this corona stuff, if any of you guys want to be on this podcast, if you want to be featured, if you want to tell your story, um, let me know. I would love to talk to more people or if you just want to talk on this chat, please let me know. I would love to like have record some chats with people Um, just about life, even not just birth or pregnancy or anything else. But just I just like to chat with people, get to know things. Um, But yeah, if you um, have any questions as well, you can always email me at MoontreeMidwifery at gmail.com. Um, my website, MoontreeMidwifery.com, Instagram, MoontreeMidwifery, Facebook, MoontreeMidwifery, everything is along that name. And um, yeah, if you do need anything, please let me know. Um, I am still taking transfers for people right now. Um, I have availability from now, so May, the beginning of May, um, through the end of the year. We had to cancel our vacations because of Corona and so, or COVID 19. And so I've got a lot of free time and I would love to help you through your pregnancy um, or help you find out what you need. Um, Even if you just are coming down to my office and we're chatting or chatting on the phone or on zoom or whatever else you need. So if you need any of that, please reach out to me. I would love to help you in any way that I can. And then, um, yeah, so this has been a close to the bones and I'm Casey And I hope you guys are all having a joyous May.